good afternoon, everyone. Good morning. You know, I was some stuff was coming to me this week about. Um, I remember the first time I heard this message. <coughs> I was at a meeting in Berkeley. I'm a lady uh, in Belgium. Her name was Mira. I think she's changed her name to Ganga now. But uh, and she was sharing this idea of uh, if you want to call it non-duality. First of all, non-duality. There isn't anything called non-duality. It's a, neg- it's a negation of something. It's a not two. It doesn't mean there's anything there. It just means there's not two. Yeah. So it's not like it's not two and there's one. It's not saying that in a way. It's just saying not two. So well, I was at one of the meetings and this lady was sharing. And I was sit- sitting there and as she was sharing, something hit me. And then I raised my hand and I shared. And I said, you know, I've been walking around lately seeing these states of mind arise but I thought it was me that was seeing the states of mind arising I didn't realize that sense of me is a state of mind yeah and so at that point I was sitting there and my uh, let's say my lens or my aperture number was let's say 32 and 32 has been that aperture for quite a while and just by hearing this message the aperture opened up to about a 45 yeah and something that was appearing to be behind the camera appeared to be in front of the camera. The idea of Paul. Yeah? So most of us are walking around and our lens is certain is locked into a certain aperture. You want to call it self-centeredness, you know, whatever. But it keeps you in a range of uh, maybe 30 to 35. Yeah? So 30, you would say, is unconscious. Your aperture is really consequential. Maybe 35 is a little more conscious. And then maybe there's a drive to become more open instead of being less open. But it's still locked in to a certain range that it can't break out of, self-centeredness, yeah? Because self can't get out of self. The feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, if that's the starting point, it has a limitation. It can't leave the track, so to speak. It can't leave the arena of self-centeredness. It can maybe get a better seat, yeah? and then think it's higher than other people or maybe closer to the action, but it's never going to leave the game in a sense. So the aperture is like 30 to 35. I'm just, these are just, I'm making up a name, you know, pick uh, numbers, pick, you know, creating a picture. And then if you hear this message or something happens, maybe a traumatic event happens or you're at a birth, like one late time I, I assisted a birth of a baby. I was, uh, it was pretty cool. I was young and <coughs> this lady, Fran Cohen, she was, we had her on a futon and we had a full length mirror and I was behind her pressed against the wall holding her thighs and I saw the baby pop out and it was an amazing vortex of energy in that room so at that point my aperture may have opened a little farther than it ever had so I hear this message and suddenly the aperture opens up and what was seemingly behind the camera is seen in front of the camera and this causes what? a traveling lighter yeah? And so when the aperture, if, if there's an entertaining of it, let's say someone hears this message and they entertain it, comp- it's entertained completely and the aperture just swings wide open, yeah? They're just like free range, you know, picking up, whatever. But then some people, the experience is, it just opens like that. And it opens like that, yeah? And by entertaining it, you see another aspect of the message and it opens more. And so the mind almost like unfurls like a flag or let's say if the mind was in a yogic posture called let's say self-centeredness, yeah? So it's sort of like this and it's been like this so long you don't see it as a posture, yeah? If you sit in this posture long enough you take yourself to be the posture, yeah? So let's say the aperture opens up and you see it as a posture, not as you and then there's an, a movement, your mind opens up, yeah? And you can picture it like a lens and and then everything that you thought was behind the camera always ends up in front of the camera. And if you follow it, you may only need one, one uh, revelation of it, but maybe you get many. But you'll realize that nothing, nothing appears behind the camera. Everything is front of the camera. Yeah? Everything that's seen, thought, felt, fantasized, all of that is content. And there's no way what's appearing as content can become or leave the content and appear in the context, yeah? In other words, this is a 
This is a culmination of a mental process. The feeling of being this, you've, you're on like step 12 of a process of mind. Yeah? That step 12 is never going to get in front of the process of mind. Yeah. That's the whole idea of selfing. When selfing, that, that like, uh, the transcending narrative of taking yourself to be an action figure, yes? That idea. That selfing, even when it's heard and you get a sense of it, you always, there's still the feeling that I'm doing it or it's happening to me. Yeah? The feeling of I'm doing the selfing, like I'm the one who's thinking these thoughts or I'm the one who's doing this or I'm the one that it's happening to. These thoughts are attacking me. That feeling is the product of the process called selfing. It's, in other words, the process of selfing produces a sense of being a self and when that sense of self is produced, it feels like it was before the selfing. Yeah. Like it's prior to the process. Either it's doing the process or the process is doing it to them. And then it's in an adversarial position with the process. I don't like this or, you know. And that is the product of the process. You're not prior to the process. The feeling of being a you is at the culmination of the process. Yeah. The mind, its aperture has gone toot, 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 toot. And now you're on this incredible consequential level of being the doer and the haver and actions are happening to you and appearances are affecting appearances and it's all consuming. The whole thought system has been totally ratcheted down yeah, to this incredible, very small spectrum of self-centeredness. If that feeling is there, that feeling is never going to leave there. Yeah? And like a lot of people are really, really want to have the experience of their own absence, but they want to be there to have it. Yeah? The selfing is never going to be there. The, what happens is the, the selfing is seen that the last part, the product of the selfing isn't produced. That's all that happens. And the fact is the product can never be produced. It can only appear to be produced. Yeah? So no matter how much the mind and the thought system takes you to be a body, you are never going to be a body. Yeah? You can only live like you're a body. You can think like you're a body. You can have opinions about being a body. <clears throat> but you're never going to lose what the nature you are and become this nature. Yeah? So that whole act of selfing, which for me is like the desire to become, or on the other side, the desire to, uh, to unbecome, that whole act of selfing can never culminate into its object, which is being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It can only appear to be that. Yeah? So the product is, in a, is a phantom product, and that's the solution to it. So when the selfing is going on, it's not about, oh, I've got to stop selfing. You never selfed in your life. There has never been a you that thought these thoughts. They're just thoughts, yeah, that present the idea of a phantom you that's having them, yeah? When, you, when a thought's happening, <clears throat> in most cases, how it's seen is consciously, yes? Conscious contact is seeing it. How it's interpreted is by the my. It immediately becomes my thought, yeah? Now, the my, that movement, what happens when, let's say there's a bottle, and it's my bottle, what does the my bottle point to? The one who has the bottle, yeah? With my, it assumes there's someone that owns the bottle, has the bottle. The bottle is that person's, yes? The my. So the feeling of these thought systems as my point to a phantom you, yes? As the thinker or the haver of the thoughts. So if the thought system is held in the idea of being my thoughts, my feelings, that's the constant pointing back to the assumed subject, Paul, as an action figure, as a body. Yeah? So every thought that arises, chained with the my, every thought, the contact with every thought is used to point to this phantom person who's having the thought, or who's doing the thought, or the thought's about. Yeah? All day, the system is trancing yeah, by the my. The whole point of the system is not the thought, because the thought is just a carrier or a vehicle. 
the system injects meaning into the thought. If anyone's been introduced to the Course in Miracles, the, well, I think it's the second lesson, the very, very profound lesson is that you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So where does that meaning come from? A system of thought and interpretation, a conditional mental realm. Yeah, It seeks expression through contact here. What brings about the contact? Consciousness. But the consciousness is claimed, yes, it's hijacked, and now the my inserts the meaning from the mental realm into that thought. And so you forget the seeing of the thought, and you get engaged in the content of the thought. What does this thought mean about me? Yes? The true act is seeing the thought. That's what I am. That seeing of the thought is what I am. The seeing of the feeling is what I am. Yeah? And I'll never be able to see what sees the thought. I'll never be able to feel what's feeling. I'll never be able to, have, to taste what's tasting. It's beyond the comprehension of this camera. This camera box cannot turn around and see itself. Yeah? That's the beauty. So to want to know, it's like Ramana Maharshi put it so succinctly. It says to, to know God is to be God. It's so beautiful. Because most people's indication or feeling of knowing God is to be the knower of God. Yeah? So the emphasis is on you once again. So there's God, and you give it tons of meaning. But the biggest meaning is you're the knower of it. You're the lover of God. You're a child of God. The emphasis is still on this. Yeah? But he's saying another form of knowledge is to know God is to be God. Totally direct revelation. It doesn't get caught in this little horizontal vortex of selfing. It goes right to mind. And mind recognizes the immediacy of its own nature. Yeah? That it's not something to acquire or to find through practices and programs. Yeah? Those things can they can be forms of expression, but you're never going to find what's already so. Yeah? So the, as soon as it becomes into this vortex of selfing and it becomes a path time is invested in it. Yeah? It's going to take time for this to ripen. Yeah. It's going to take time. And it's incredible business spirituality because they have people signing up for lifetimes. <coughs> and there's no delivery of the product. Oh, you may be purifying for thousands of lives. Give me a freaking break. <coughs> you can't even wait for your coffee when it's being ordered at Starbucks. But now, thousands of lifetimes. Yes, I'm, I'm totally... I'm totally you know, convinced this, I'm going for it. Yeah, to me, the solution is timeless. It's immediate. It's always available at all times. We're just not accessing it because we're trying to access it through a system of thought called self-centeredness. And the self-centeredness takes itself to be the center. How are you going to access centeredness if you're already accessing this mental bastardization called self-centeredness? Yeah? Instead of centeredness, we're taking the self to be the center. And now we're looking from that center for another center, you know, like a spiritual center or an authentic center. The whole point is to see this isn't a center at all. There's no way that mind can be centered on self because it doesn't exist. It's only an activity. It's a, produced by a mental process. It's got our attention and interest because it has claimed itself to be about us. And we're, our mind is very, very interested in what we are. It's just taking it to be different than what we are. Yeah? When that calibration is corrected, then interest and attention, where if you look at interest and attention, first of all, you can't look at it, yeah, <laughs> because it's not a thing. So interest and attention was unwedded to being in, interested and attentive to all these things and this body and these things called feelings, maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't have to direct it to its home. It would recognize its home, which is no-thingness. Yeah. It's in and of its own nature. It doesn't appear. You can't see interest. You can't see attention. And yet it's available. Well, the same thing, its own nature, its true rooting place, its true nest is of no-thingness. It's been forced like a, like a tranced-out homing pigeon to come back to us all day, come back to the idea of being self. So our interest and attention goes out and just bounces back to us. We get caught in this little self-centered loop, yeah? I meet all these things, but there's only one meeting them, yeah? 
I have all these problems, but there's only one who has the problem. I have, I see all these thoughts, but they're the, I'm the only one who has these thoughts. These are my thoughts. These are my feelings. This is my body. <clears throat> this is just extracting the mind. Then feelings, thoughts, and body. What's the problem? Yeah? Feelings, thoughts, and body. Huge difference. My feelings, my thoughts, my body. Just see how much emphasis the my delivers. Yeah? <coughs> Thoughts could be just left alone. They come and go like everything else. Yeah? They would have very little weight during your day. The ones that are workable, they'd be applied. The ones that are fucking just yapping, they'd be sort of... Uninter- you'd hear them, but you wouldn't be listening to them. Yeah? Because you'd be tuned into K-Center instead of K-Paul. Yeah? You'd be listening to centeredness. And centeredness value system has nothing to do with time. I swear to God. It's about here. It's about now because this is the only thing that's manifesting. It has an incredible, authentic way of seeing. It can tell what's not happening from what's happening. Very clearly. It doesn't need a huge amount of therapy to get over what's not happening. It just sees it as not happening. Yeah? And then it, it's engaged in what? What's happening. Why? Because it's happening. <laughs> there's no big reason for it. It's happening and there's a response to it. Here, it's a reaction of mind because it's not happening. Most people are having anxiety based on what's not happening. And that anxiety is driving them to seek relief. Yeah? But it's very difficult to get relief from an imaginary problem. That's why addictions go off. Why do you think? If it was about getting satisfied by shooting drugs, I would have been satisfied like in about the first three months. Years after years I was shooting drugs. Yeah? There was never a point where I just put it out, took it out of my own oh, I'm satisfied. Totally. Thank you, cocaine. Thank you very much. Totally filled out the rest of my life. You know, you're never gonna hit reach a point of satisfaction because the original desire isn't being fulfilled. The conditional mind's desire to become a self cannot be fulfilled. So therefore, it produces irritability, restlessness, discontent, which the ignorant system of thought seeks for relief for, not from. Yeah? It goes out seeking relief for the problem. And whatever you bring, it always has a fucking expiration date. A retreat, freaking this, a freaking that. It always ends up being, leads to a, di- a different level of dissatisfaction. There's never relief. Why is that? Because the original thing can never be fulfilled. The only way to see through it is not to see from it. If you're seeing from self, it's going to seem really noble to seek relief. But you're going to be getting relief for it instead of from it. From it is radical. When you get relief from it, it becomes radical. It gets stabilized. Yeah? It becomes a level of traveling called traveling lighter. Yeah? Instead of having an irritability, restlessness, and discontentment as your driving impetus, you have an ease and comfort gets kicked in. Yeah? When the thought system wants to run into the past or the future, you let go of the leash. You took your little, you know, the owner of the thought, it's not my dog, <laughs> you know, go, go. I don't care how much is barking, no, it's not my dog, yeah? <laughs> and then you're here and there's a fulfillment where you used to think there was lack just being here is fulfilling in its, and of itself because what you are is the context of here you are that awareness of this moment Yeah. you bring everything to the party but if your interest and attention has been enslaved to this timeline of you as an action. That's what it does. Don't you see it? The mind, it pictures you. Look at your thought system. How does it picture you? When it's thinking about you, what's the vague sense of you that's provoked? A feeling of being a body, yes? Like a historical action figure. So if you think about yourself two years ago, the only way you could hold your interest on that is to have an object called you there. Yeah? There would be no place, there would be no like a uh, lightning vein that would attract the interest and attention. But the, the, the holographic picture of it was you two years ago as a body. 
that allows the, the thought system to fixate on it, yeah? Or when it's worrying about you in the future, how are you pictured? As a body, yeah? The self-centered thought system takes you to be a body. To rely on that thought system, you're going to live as if you're a body. And you're going to have that overall, over, overriding fear, no matter how busy you are shopping and doing this and doing that, you're going to come to an end here. Probably not when you want it to happen. You'll probably be really busy. You have a whole day lined up, and you're going to be in the hospital. <laughs> and we just conveniently avoid that little termination date and just get busy. <laughs> this mind can fixate on you wherever it wants to put you, anywhere else, at any other time. If you get done with therapy of your family of origin of Earth, you'll go to Mars' family of origin. It can produce problems. You don't have any stagnant problems. They can be produced. When, when this arises, the feeling of being historical arises. It's, this is not a lousy production. You know what I mean? The feeling of be, like if people, if you listen to people share about epiphanies, yeah? I always like to talk about epiphanies because you know if you've ever had one, you you, nev- you didn't make a reservation for it, did you? You didn't know it was coming. You know, I got my uh, bi-monthly epiphany coming today. Sorry, two o'clock to four. Get the Kenny G music, the candles, you know, <laughs> some lavender soap. Ah, yes. Keep myself really good. And yet, usually, when quote unquote the epiphany's ending, there's usually a coinciding thought that arises, or a couple of thoughts, which is, I just had this incredible epiphany. Yeah. This is the selfing claiming its own absence making a huge, huge, huge revelation into a minor speed bump on its little storyline. Yeah. And then the feeling when it claims the epiphany is that it was there before the epiphany too. So anytime there's a, a revelation of the truth about what you are and this is about, when the, interp- when the mind, the conditional mind, grabs it and claims it and interprets it, it always books, bookends it with time. Yeah? Well, I was there before the epiphany. How was that? What did I do to have that epiphany? And then people will share what they did, and you'll try to do what they did. I'm going to go to the same place, you know, at the same time, order the same food, be wearing the same clothes. It ain't happening. You know what I mean? It's an interruption in a story. Just like when that happened with me, when I was drinking and using, I had been through a lot of shit, you know? I had spent two years in a program called Delancey Street. Two years in 85 to 87, San Francisco. 24-7. It wasn't like an outpatient thing. It was, you lived there. They told you exactly what to do every day. And if you didn't do it, you get punished or kicked out with as much as you brought in, which was nothing. Yeah? So, when I left there, I got loaded again. Yeah? Now, in recovery, they talk about bottoms. I had so many bottoms, and none of them made a big dent. And you know what occurred? One day, March 21st, 1988, I had, I'd been drinking pretty heavy for like four days because I didn't have enough money to get drugs. And I was drunk myself dumb, really. And I was sitting in a trailer, just waiting, you know, wasting time, drinking Royal Gate vodka, hoping this guy was going to come over. I didn't know who this guy was I was with in the trailer. <laughs> and bring, uh, you know, some money and we'd get more alcohol or drugs, whatever. I had no intention of changing my life. I had no interest in it. I basically had hunkered down in the destiny that I was going to be institutionalized, jailed, and death, you know. So I was just going to get high as much as I could until that happened. There I'm just sitting there, passing this bottle, and then suddenly something occurred, like a portal opened and a download occurred in my head in this roaring self-centeredness, an extreme subdivision of it called alcoholism. And it was totally dominating this whole expression of, call, of what you would call Paul. That system had been like, like the eye, had been like a number five hurricane for years. Yeah? And suddenly something dropped in, and I didn't have that next drink. It stopped the whole system, its whole engine, that desire to be unconscious or to escape. It stopped it in its tracks. After this had 20 years of, some, of momentum, it stopped it in its tracks. And I didn't pick up a, that next, you know, I didn't have that next sip of that bottle. 
And then suddenly I had an idea, I got to get help. Now, I wasn't thinking of getting help two minutes before that. Not at all. Well, I, was, I wanted to get high. I didn't want to get any help. Then help. I go and call up Delancey Street. I say the first honest thing I say to them. Hey, I'm fucked. You know? And I, they knew I'd been fucked since I left. And everyone else knew I was fucked, but it was news to me. I am fucked. I mean, the severity of the situation broke through. This portal just ripped right through the denial. And some honest, damn honest download came in. And so then I, what happened is it set off trains of circumstances that brought me to my first meeting that, that night. And I've been clean and sober ever since. So for me, it had the flavor of grace. I was busily being dominated by the thought system and somehow something just intervened, downloaded, and that little bit of download, it was only about a two minutes in time, changed the whole course of this action figure's life since then. Yeah? Now for me... I get a sense, like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits. That fruit that came through, that tree dropping, that fruit, gave me a sense or an intimation of that tree. And I wanted to know that tree because of what happened. Yeah, Because my mother wanted me to stop using, the state wanted me to stop using, I wanted to stop using. Nothing, no human power could cause that event to occur. Yet something broke through and it started to happen. Now, for me, that I sensed afterward in time that what happened is my mind just accessed a prior unknown, since I was a kid, I knew it then, unknown modality of mind. And that modality dropped some download and changed everything here because it's, a, let's say, a more powerful modality than self-centeredness. Yeah? Self-centeredness only seems to be dominant when you're identified as a self. If you question that identification as a self, your mind will access other modalities. And those accesses will download. Yeah? You want to call it a spiritual revelation? You can do whatever you want. But the mind will change. The whole system and structure of mind will change. And what would cause an incredible traveling heavier will be shifted and dismissed and now a traveling lighter will occur. Yeah? Now that is just one example of that mind. Could you imagine if you opened up to that? Not as a self, because if you open too up to it as a self, you've closed every door to it, really. Because those systems are not based on self. They do not have self as a center. Yeah? They do not have time as a main requisite. They don't have doing and having into becoming. Yeah? There just is. This idea of doing and having into being is, like a, is almost an opposite move from other modalities of mind. The other modalities of mind are just this is, yeah? And in that isness, there's no need to authenticate, there's no need to complete, there's no desire to become any more of what it is, there's no possibility of it ever entertaining it could be less of what it is. It's completely still in that, yeah? It's totally centered, yeah? It's not trying to do, maybe the only drive it has is to express. But it definitely doesn't have to acquire or to culminate or to authenticate or to further become because it is. Yeah? When the mind reflects that, it takes on that nature it's reflecting. The aperture goes, opens up. And then you see, like Jesus says, for those who have eyes to see. Exactly. The aperture is in place, but it's basically locked into a very, very small with very, very diffuse filter light coming in. Co totally distorted, yes? We're taking light to be things. We're not reckon we don't sense the space of it. We're sitting here, and most of our attention is on things, but the space is so monstrously huge, yeah? Which is be a better, let's say, imitation of mind than anything could possibly be, yeah? So I had that slavery of one system of thought and interpretation dominating in a stretch of time in this life for like 30, 25 years. Yeah? And how small and yet how real it can take itself to be. And how unbelievably believable it can seem to be. Yeah? But to have that thing broken open and to have the interest, interest and attention freed from that slavery and now be dispersed by another modality of mind You'll know the tree by its fruits. Yeah? 
You can't see what's so, but you can recognize its effects. Just like you can't see the wind, but you can see it moving through the trees. You can see its effects, yeah? So one way you get a, a non-seeing glimpse of what is, is how it expresses through this. Yeah? There is no self. It's an activity of mind called selfing. It's like, here's the space, and it's like this very thin gauze being run, run in front of the space every you know, seeming second that we partition. Yes? So you're trying to see it, but your interest is on the gauze. What? I can barely... That's about me. <laughs> but if you could just see and see and get the sense of that space, yeah? That's almost like in Zen they say you finally see your original face. Your original face is no thing. It's not casting a reflection. So when you ask, who am I, and you don't get any answer, that's the answer, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> the pause that comes with the, oop, that's the answer. You've just been shown. <laughs> You've just been totally revealed in nakedness. And the conditional mind just doesn't, it wants always, like it always wants to put clothes on the emperor, you know? It always wants to make something out of nothing, always. It doesn't want nothing because it can't do anything with it. It can take nothing and make it something and make it an incredible, noble adventure called spiritual seeking. But that's taking nothing and making it into something. Yeah. And then what's, if, when you're in head, when you're in the self, really, when you are in the attempt of knowing God, who's the bigger God? You or God? Yeah. Who tells you how you're doing with your search for God? You, right? Your head. <laughs> I mean, you can't escape its activity. Selfing plays God. It plays God with God. It plays there God with you. It plays God with everything. It plays God with time. It plays God with the facts of life. Oh, this shouldn't. This didn't have to be this way. But it was that way. But it didn't have to be. But it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everything's open to a giant debate. You know what I mean? <laughs> if only I didn't do that. But you did. It's like me getting run over. If I didn't get hit by a car. Yes, but you did. <laughs> let's not go, let's not override that point. <laughs> I'd, be so, I'd be mountain climbing today. I wouldn't be giving these stupid talks. I'd be <laughs> running miles and wearing, you know, Speedos. Why not Speedos, whatever. Spandex activity. No, Riding. Speedos is a better one. Oh, uh, Speedo. I'd be running, wearing a Speedo, running around. <laughs> yes, look at me. Ten miles today. Yes, yes. This leg, yes, it screwed everything up. I probably would have been dead if I didn't get hit by the leg. By the car. <laughs> I probably would have overdosed the next night. Who knows? <laughs> so the mind's constantly speculating on topics it has no fucking knowledge of. Yeah. I don't know. That's the beauty of it. I don't know. Like in Zen they say, that's the highest form of mind. I don't know. Because that puts you into a position of finding out. Finding it out, out is a true form of knowledge here. Knowing mentally is not. Because you can be mentally convinced and then unconvinced five minutes later. It doesn't hold any weight up there. To find out is in your gut, yeah? When you really know something, it's more like, a, like, a, like an echo chamber, yeah? You reverberate with it. There's no debating about it. There's no more need to be convinced. You don't have to go through the act of surrendering. You're surrendered. Your mind has become sound. It's recognized certain situations as they are. Yeah? And it's also recognized that the problem, the problem is imaginary. If I recognize it as imaginary, what more do I need to do about the problem? Absolutely nothing. That's called an immediate solution, yes? The immediate solution of getting out of some place you don't want to be in is realize you were never in it. That's the best way to get out. It takes absolutely no time. None. Not a second. There's just a recognition. That could not possibly be so. There you go. 
You'll be left with a lot of time. I think that's what we're mostly scared of. What am I going to fucking do? <laughs> My whole life was based on getting out of me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And there's five more days in the week? Fuck. What am I going to do? There's got to be more satsang meetings. There's got to be some, more books. Let me read them. Let's, let me go over and reaffirm if I'm really there. <laughs> Anything but actually... Then <laughs> you start seeing the real nature of conditional mind, what it's afraid of, really. It actually it, it plays around with all these made up anxieties and fears, but what it's really afraid of is totally different than these mundane shit things every day. It's afraid of irrelevance, that's what it's afraid of. It wants to be relevant. Self wants to be relevant. It wants to have something to do with this place wants to have a big role even in its own absence it wants to have a big role it wants to be the one I was the, it was me that was keeping me from letting go no it wasn't <laughs> and it wants to be special that's its deal it has to be in separation to feel unique so it has to have separation even if it doesn't like some of the effects it has to have separation because its drive is to be unique and special and to be relevant. If everyone was relevant, that would be irrelevance to it. Yeah? It wants to be very specially relevant. So we seek, like in the Course, it would say we seek special relationships so that instead of enjoying universal love, it's the love between me and you will be better than everyone else's. These are all the drive of selfing. It wants to be unique, special, relevant. Yeah? When those things are threatened, then you'll really see this stuff is just like, you know, fluff. Worrying about next week and stuff like that. Just to keep its little crazy, insane activity uh, distracted, yeah? Also, it's very afraid of boredom, too. You know, extremely afraid of boredom because it would have to sort of see, uh, it would have to see about time. It doesn't want to see about time. It wants to think time is something outside that's enforcing its rules on you. But time and the sense of you are synonymous. They're both, they go same, they're hand in hand. There wouldn't be a feeling of you without time. You are never, what I am and what we are is prior to this appearing. We're, we're at the true zero point. The true zero point. The timeless center as soon as the mental process starts processing our life, it's in time. This processing takes time. Yeah? The conscious contact is immediate, but the processing of that conscious contact takes time. And most of us are living in that time delay. We're not taking ourselves to be the consciousness that's in contact. That would be the immediacy of living. Yeah? We're taking ourselves to be the one who's in contact, this person. That takes time. Yeah? The conscious contact is immediate. The interpretation of that by the mind as I'm the one who's in contact takes time. So this is in and of itself time, this feeling of being Paul. Yeah? That's why it's very difficult for that feeling of being Paul to entertain the timelessness of the solution. Yeah? Because it's from a foreign land to it. It believes everything is about doing and having to become. Yeah? It's always about efforting and having and doing and trudging and working because its whole nature is and of time. Yeah? It's made up. It's a process that has to be produced. What we are is not a production. It doesn't need any producing. It's already so. There's no point where time can give, be given birth so that something can become because it's already completely so. Yeah? It's foreign to this place. That's the beauty of it. The answer can't come from the problem, like Einstein said, yeah? You can't rely on the problem to give yourself, get a, an answer to it. You have to seek something. So what, what prevents our seeking, not seeking, but entertaining something else is the idea of being the one who's entertaining. We're just questioning that first big hiccup. Are you the one that's entertaining? 
you don't have to learn how to entertain better. Just drop the one who thinks is entertaining or maybe see through it. Then the entertaining will contact mind, obviously, because you are that. (laughs) Then the whole spectrum of possibility grows. You know, self-centeredness has a very limited amount of possibilities. They're all based on time, if you look at it. Most people never get a sense of really being okay. Their hope is that they will be okay. Or that they were okay once. So their whole interpretation of life is soaked in time. Yeah? Soaked in it. But if you, if the mind came out of that yogic posture of selfing, it would detain very easily timelessness. And it would see that there's an okayness inherently in place. So all the seeking to make it better or get more would be dismissed, not by effort or thought, but by just by seeing. Yeah? Just by seeing. I mean, I've done less, less than I ever did after I heard this message. And actually, I think less is much better, to tell you the truth. Yeah? I don't get newsletters, who's coming into town. You know, I could care less. I don't read books too much. Not because I don't want to. It's just things fell away. Yeah? I don't know really what happened yesterday because I'm really not that interested in it. Yeah? And I don't care if you got divorced because I didn't care if you were married, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I have no, it's just, and I can't fake the interest because it's just not there. I could care less. <laughs> you know, and, and it's nothing that happened. I wasn't working on that. I've got to not be interested in people's divorces. I didn't work on that. You know what I mean? It just sort of happens. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're an expression, so... If you follow from the consequential to the blueprint room, yeah, and maybe back farther, you will probably end up realizing self-centeredness is the impression that's finding out, finding expression in the consequential level for our lives, our daily lives. Yeah. What would happen if you follow back and then you, you, at the blueprint room, you see the building and the idea of being a self, and the mind entertains, hey, maybe I'm not that then the houses that all come from that sort of uh, formatted program don't get built. Yeah? It's crazy to try to change a house after it's been built. Yeah? The thing is, is if you see the building of it here and you're not that, that building ain't going to be built. Yeah? So this is about going back backwards, yes? And entertaining, you know, that there's something behind the aperture that seems to be you. Not by going like this, but by questioning the you. If I'm not that, doom. Every time you go like this, that's the selfie. Every time you start looking for the bigger aperture, that's defined by the small aperture. But if you're not that, which is locking this in, yeah, then you don't have to go like this to find the bigger aperture. It goes like that. Yeah? See? One way is this way looking, I want that bigger aperture. And this way is, hey, I'm not this, boom, bigger aperture. Yeah? This takes no time. This takes lots of time. No time. Well, I'm thoroughly tanned now, so (laughs) I've completed my mission. My vanity has been addressed. I was going to take the shirt off, but of course. Is there any questions today? Yeah, I just said it just hits. That's how it happened with me. I just listened to these messages. And yes? On Christmas, uh, I was supposed to go across <coughs> the uh, bay, and I loaded up with uh, gifts, and I was supposed to take eggnog. Driving down the freeway, and I forgot the eggnog. So I drive back home, twist it myself, and I'm back. And I'm back on the freeway again, and, I, and something said, "The ultimate it doesn't give a shit." <laughs> and it, it was like something happened. It doesn't care what happens. It's just watching it all, and it made my Christmas. 
something that knocked it away. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. That's all those. Those are like um, they're just the free samples of that mind. It doesn't. And it's always accessible at all times, with no requirement necessary, because you are of that. Yeah, you are of that. The ultimate it. The ultimate it. I don't. I wouldn't even call. I wouldn't put the word ultimate because that seems like there's lesser it's. I would just say it. <laughs> I try to keep it as simple as possible. Stop putting degrees on it. And oh, the ultimate it sounds really. I want that ultimate it. Fuck this it. I want the ultimate it. <laughs> you see. The other mind does it. So here's the it, which is all there is. Dog shit awareness it. But then the mind wants, oh, let's say the ultimate it. Or like one teacher made, the ultimate understanding. Oh, so every other understanding, the ultimate, that's what I want. I don't know. I, I always, I don't like language. It's very catchy because, you know what they discovered in uh, neuroscience that they don't know if it's based on that, but like the sense of self arises around 18 months in the baby, yeah? And that's when the language center starts activating. So it starts understanding a little what's being said. It can't say anything yet, but it's understanding what its parents are saying and stuff, yeah? And so the sense of self, which is a product of a mental process, the brain's doing it. That sense of self, they say, arises around 18 months, and the language center activates around 18 months. And what really reinforces the feeling of being a self the rest of your life is the thought system. Yeah? That thought system, because the thought system is a subjective language used by objects. These objects are using a subjective language. They're always putting themselves in the first, you know, I, yeah? And, that, and then the real I, consciousness, is forgotten, and the pseudo-I becomes the alpha and the omega, yeah? And I would say language is what reinforces this position and then this position, maybe if it deems to be that grateful or whatever, may try to look at it's where it comes from. But it's prohibited to go there because it thinks it's coming from here. Yeah. When you see you're not this, that's, that's what you are. You are the seeing of what you're not. You are what precedes every moment, or if you want to say is the context every moment. It doesn't precede it. The context every moment, which is the awareness of it. Yeah. We are the awareness of it. What you and I are is like what Huang Po said, a great Zen master. He says, whatever can be perceived cannot perceive. Yeah? So I'm perceiving a body. Sometimes in selfing, the body is given the attributes of consciousness. Yeah? The feeling of Paul thinks it's the one who's seeing. It's the one who's hearing. It's the one who's feeling. It's the one who's thinking. It's an incredible move by the mental process. It takes itself and puts it prior to what, not can be, what, what cannot be prior to. Yeah? And now we live from this Alpha Omega and we forget all about the space and consciousness awareness and we, we think of it as an object which makes it something or as an attribute that we can work on. I can become more aware or less conscious or whatever. Yes? Instead of just leaving it in its own fucking contextual state and then realizing I and that are the same. Yeah, but not as this. When Paul becomes the middleman, I'll never make that deal. Never. Never make the deal with the ultimate it. It's when Paul the middleman or Deb the middlewoman gets dismissed because it's not so, it's not actually there, so it's easily dismissed, then you realize it's just that, it's all that. Yeah, there's no you in that or anything. Yeah, yeah. the immediacy of it just crashes in. It steps on the imaginary bug of selfing, yeah? There's nothing was there. Just yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah? Sorry, did you have a hard time finding it? You did, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I will extend it for five sorry, five more minutes. Sure. Yeah. I'll give it some high octane. <laughs> some some really good dose. No, but you ever, you ever heard that statement by um, I don't know if he actually made it, but it's translated that uh, Ramana Maharshi said, to know God is to be God. Do you get a sense of that as a form of knowledge, how quick that is? It's so beautiful, isn't it? It cuts out everything. To know God is to be. Where can the doing and having get in there? To know something and immediately be it, where's the doing and having? Where does that have relevance? Yeah? Where does space and time have relevance? Obviously... 
<laughs> to be something, you can't be any closer than that, yeah? I mean, you're not one inch away, yeah? And it will take no time to arrive there because you're there, yeah? So time, time gets dismissed with that. Doing and having gets dismissed with that. It says, to know God, be God. Just so quick, eh? No one of the superfluous mental little uh, triangulations our mind likes to do. Well, but I'm, I'm special. I, do, I know God, but I'm, I don't know Him. You know? No, but truly, knowing, it doesn't even say truly knowing. It doesn't say ultimate knowing either. It just says knowing God is to be God. Yeah, I love it. That to me is timeless. Yeah? That quality is the qualities of the downloads, is timelessness. That's one of the big qualities it has, at least in my this, the sense, sense of it from here. When it downloads, it's timeless. A huge amount of information can come in no time. And yet, when it plays out, it can, it's like a wave leaving Japan and hitting the California coast. It's just going for a long... It's, you see its appearance or its effects months and months and months later in your life. Yeah? Ding! Expression. Ding! Impression, expression. Yeah? When this gets impressed with nothingness, in other words, there's no tattoo at all, that's everything. Yeah? Then mind, instead of trying to be free as something that it's not, recognizes I can be free from this little fucking idea. It doesn't have fucking in it. I just threw that in. This idea. I can be free of it. Most people can't entertain being free because they're entertaining being free as it, which is ne- always going to be a form of slavery. Yeah? You're always going to have to be vigilant. You're always going to have to be watchful. You can't break your routine. If you miss one meditation, your freedom's going to go down. If you can't you know, see porno or go you know, have sex or something, or whatever, something will screw up you know, your very precarious condition. That isn't freedom, is it? To me, part of freedom is the freedom from the need to be liberated. The only thing that needs liberation is what you're not. What you are doesn't need liberation whatsoever. What you're not is constantly seeking liberation. Shooting, shopping, eating. What is it trying? It's trying to get liberated from its own self. It can't as it. It's a self can't get out of self. It's like a dog taking its tail to be something else. Yeah? This goes on and on and on and on and on. This is, hey, I'm not that being. Maybe you'll open up. You'll have some samples and then if they're honored, you probably more will come. And the aperture, you have to admit, people have been coming here. Your aperture has moved, eh? Over the years. Well, how much effort? Have you gotten, have we given any, like, uh, your homework when you leave here? All right. You, stand on your head three hours today. Face south, two hours in the wind. Got to be over 20 miles per hour. You, you know? No, we just come here. I don't know what the hell we do every all week. We come here, and a lot of people didn't come here for a while. They're traveling lighter. Guess what? That's what mind is. Mind can entertain this possibility. <laughs> it's inherently in and of that possibility. It just needs to hear it. Just like here, you don't want to buy something, but you hear an advertising for it like 8,000 times, you get this itch. i got to have that fucking thing, you know, that vacuum. I don't have a rug, but i got to have that vacuum. Yeah? <laughs> Because repetition is helpful for mind. Yes, that's how mind works. If you repeat something enough, it starts imaging it. Yeah? And when mind images holographically nothing, it sees its own face. It recognizes it something. Yeah? It's a big impact on it. So, yes. There you go. I hope that was helpful. No, I don't, actually. What? Oh, you do? Oh. Yeah. I don't even have to put the question, but it was, it was a, being used to being so, having such a strong sense of self, and then as it starts to fade away, I'm like, shit, I don't even know what I want to say for that. That next to you, know, like, is, is there an awkward range? Yeah, of course, because, like, uh, you know, here you've been riding a, two, a two-wheel bike, yeah? And this is sort of like a unicycle bike. It's like one wheel. It takes a while. You know, you go through some bumps and everything. It can happen that way. You know? But I can't relate to people. That's my solution. Really. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I just wing it every day. 
Really. If I thought about what I needed to do today, you know, if I thought I had to come here and do a talk and I thought it was me, I wouldn't have shown up. I would have, you know, I would have pulled up, seen all the cut, and took off. I can't. I can't do it. Of course I can't do it. That's the whole point. I can't do it. That's the good news. Yeah. How do you get here? <laughs> I get here late. That's what I do every time. After even though I got up two hours earlier, I still can't get here on time, and I only live five minutes away. <laughs> so I don't know how I get here. No, I don't know, bro. If it was me doing this, I wouldn't be doing it, obviously. But I just showed up. I got in the habit of this is a seat assignment, so to speak. Yeah. It's like everyone has a seat assignment. Just look at how your day is. That's the seat assignment. But the seat assignment doesn't have any engraved name of yours on it. Yeah, it's more like musical chairs. Yeah? So your seat assignment can change at any moment. But for now, this has been a seat assignment. So I just show up because I don't show up. Yeah? See what happens. People find some value in it, it's fine. If they don't, that's fine. But I always feel the the, you know, the energy. And uh, the downloading has become so familiar. I have a real, whatever it is, there's a love for it. I just really love that aspect of mind that can't be seen here. You know, can't be felt, can't be tasted. But it's like, uh, it's so contextual. I remember one time I had a, I was getting operated on my leg. I got run over by a car, right, when I was younger. And so they had to do a lot of operations. So I was doing an operation, but it was, they gave me local anesthesia. So they built like a little wall so my, because your mind would want to see what was happening. They don't want that to happen. Yeah? You're in, oh, that's my leg. You know, so they built the wall. So I was just laying on this side, and, there was a leg, and they were all down there doing their thing. I could hear it, though. You can hear stuff, but you can't see it. So I was looking at this big aluminum bowl, huge bowl, and so, because they, it reflects the light, so they can really have a lot of light to see. And suddenly, uh, like a download occurred, and that download was so sweet... It was, like, it was like the quintessence, you know, the essence of an essence. It was like something distilled over and over again that you got an incredible, like, almond-like flavor for, like, a tiniest little drop. It was like an orchard of almonds. It was sort of like that. But it wasn't almond flavor. But there was just a sweetness to it. And then it moved. It disappeared quite quickly, yeah, in time. And then my head arose. And that freaking head that's so crazy had been humbled out. And it realized... All of its antics for the last 38 years would have been worth, all of it would have been worth this one revelation. Yeah? Even the selfing will be humbled yeah, by this energy. Yeah? Really. It will find at least a sense of being something when it's humbled. Yeah? Instead of trying to blow itself up all day thinking it's the center of the universe, it actually has a sense of something when it's humbled. Yeah? And it just recognizes, oh, jeez. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of shit had happened seemingly to me. But it seemed, in its little way of holding it, every one of that, those bad events would have been worth it if it would have led to this little second of taste. Yeah. That's what we're engaged as, you know. Yeah. What comments do you have for people who are in intense pain? I don't know. They'd have to be here asking me. I don't know what my comments would be. Well, when you are in intense pain, obviously thinking about it doesn't help. But are there I haven't been in intense pain in a long time. Physically, I haven't. The leg thing happened before your... 1980. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got run over in 1980. No, I haven't been in intense pain. Well, no one has been, but, you know, intense pain hasn't become dominant. So I don't know. I'd have to be, the person would have to be here, and then you, you feel it out. Yeah? I don't have any road answers. I don't. I don't know what's... You know, everyone is having a subjective experience here. So some people, they read a book, and they read that there's no house and there's no fire, but their experience is that their house is on fire. I say go get a pail of water, put out that fire. Huck the philosophy. Yeah. So if you're in an extreme amount of pain, take you know, and it seems unbearable, then I would say you would probably be driven to do something. Yeah. Any more questions? 
hypothetical ones? Let's see, if I was married when I'm 78, would it be good to have a baby then? Let's see, let me see now. Let's see, when I'm 78, would it be good to have a baby? Probably not for the baby. <laughs> I might enjoy it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's pass a basket. Let me get it. I can't go in there. I'm afraid. <laughs> you think it's going to be all right, Sonny? No? Yeah, it should. All right. You're here, exactly. I think we're going to go out afterwards. You want to go out? Yeah, I'm off the coffee. I'm going to have to drink something else. Hot, hot cocoa or something. I poured my last latte out. Because Rhonda took me off a lot of coffee Thursday. So we all, we go out to have coffee if you want to come with us. We go to a place in Sausalito. <laughs> Are we going to go there today? Yeah? Chip, you going? You going to Sausalito? Thing? Yes, Chibo. Chris. Oh, Yeah, All right, so we'll end with this. we end with a prayer if you'd like to join us. So the wee version of the serenity prayer to God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It works. Yeah. Okay. I know you didn't mean it. I know. It's always great. You know, now I'm on the other world. Good to see you. You know, they want to they maybe do something in February. New York and uh, New Jersey and Philadelphia. But, well, whenever we'll do it. March? 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 All right, March. Should I ask my girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, see if they want to do something in March. She's going to want me to be there, too. Oh, yeah, let's do it in March. We'll do it in March. I think I may be here. The latest I might be here is till the end of February. All right, well, let's just see how we go. I haven't decided it yet, anyway. Okay. We'll just take it from there. Hey, pleasure to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. My name is Roland. Roland, nice to meet you, Roland. I, well, it's Roland. I uh, suggested to Roland that he come along today. Oh, this is still on. Yeah, good. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll be back. Oh, good. Yeah, we're here every Saturday. Uh, we'll be here next Saturday. I'm leaving on the 18th, and we'll miss one Saturday. At uh, the end of uh, January, where?